me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it. Because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 454. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And this is our mid-season review of Lucifer, season three, uh, with, a, I guess, a uh, focus on the sin bin, the the finale here. Probably the sinner man as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Lucifer's pretty rote, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes and no. Like, this episode, at least, was mostly in-house stuff. Uh-huh. And I appreciate that because, like, as much as they put us through the detective show stuff, which we're it's well documented, that's not our favorite part. As much as we watch the detective stuff and just kind of think, sure. oh, well, I hope it's at least an interesting case this week, or oh, please mm-hmm. let this case somehow actually relate to what's going on in the celestial story. This episode at least had the most to do with the celestial story and what happened mm-hmm. to Lucifer and how he got his wings back and why he doesn't have his face and everything. Yeah. So that was that was something. And actually, I really did enjoy the episode. I should start out with that so it doesn't sound like I'm going to be a dick. Yeah. But I really did enjoy it, and I like where it left it. <laughs> and the ending is fantastic. Yeah, I dug the ending. I liked the uh, the previous week, The Sinner Man, uh, a little bit more, or a lot more, really. Yeah. Um, I think I have a, a certain bit of disappointment because they really built up The Sinner Man to be this like cool character. I mean, that last week's shot of him, like, having gouged out his own eyes so that Lucifer can never know what he wants wants, was, uh, was particularly harrowing. And then for this week for them to be like, Oh, well he was just a lackey. Yeah. Eh. I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a throwaway, but I think the reveal that you have Kane spoilers is a good enough trade off for me. You think for me, it works. I'm good with that. Okay. I mean, it's not like they spent the entire season building center man. I mean, they, they dropped his name. Mm -hmm. Dropped his name again. Maybe that's why Pierce is here to begin with. That's yeah. all we really know for like seven episodes. And then the last couple episodes, they're like, no, this is the guy. This is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And they did a good job with him. Uh-huh. And it made a sure. wonderful and creepy and delightful image. Um, but his best use so far was when uh, Lucifer started drawing on his bandages. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I loved that. 
I just loved that. I don't, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't even feel good about that, but I was absolutely having a great time watching it. <laughs> it was creepy and delightful and magical in a way that I can't quite describe. Uh-huh. And some of the best torture dialogue I've ever seen in my life. Like, you know, you finally bring Maze back in um, to the real story and she can't get anything out of him. And then um, Lucifer's, you know, questioning her methods. Like, well, did you try listening to Nickelback on repeat? And she just yells back, that's where I started. Yeah. <sighs> Bravo. Yeah, that was good. That was good. So I, I got to enjoy a little bit of humor in this episode on top of it being, for me, uh, a good reveal and an episode that was actually like in house and yeah, I dig that. Mm-hmm. I uh do we know where you know where um Kane is going, right? Yeah, T V Land had an interview I can sum up for us. Um interview with Tom Alice, who what it's going to amount to going forward is um it looks like Kane is going to broker a deal with Lucifer, which has been one of the themes uh-huh. this season. Is a bargain, you know, deal with the devils. Uh deals with the devil. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um Whatever. Uh, (laughs) Put the plural where it's supposed to be and move on. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be going forward. Like, what kind of deal is he going to break with the devil? And it's going to be like the the devil wants to know more about how he got in the situation. That's his current crisis is uh, why do I have wings? Why don't I have my face? What the hell are you up to, God? You know? Uh Uh-huh. And then Keynes is going to be – this is the traditional story of Cain, the first murderer, and his you know punishment was immortality. So he's been walking the earth since – um, however long, I don't know. I'm not going to guess because I don't know what version of uh, history this show uses. So <laughs> I don't know how many years to say, but he's been right. walking the earth for that many. Um, and yeah, so uh, he wants to broker a deal where basically like he's going to help him out because apparently the apparently like Kane has been keeping track of all the comings and goings of the celestials on this earth. And he got particularly interested when he noticed, like, the devil himself is here, and there's some detective that he doesn't quite understand but can make him bleed. And he, he got he was hoping, like, maybe this is my chance to die, and this is how he gets involved. So they're going to have a little bit of, a like, a, yeah. a, a friendship, like a bromance coming up where they're working together. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to parse out, but, like, the first half of that season is kind of them working together of what's left in the season. It's supposed to be, like, them working together, and the second half it had been announced, really. Or at least that wasn't in this interview. Yeah. But, um... I'm actually down for a lot of that. That uh, that really sounds fun. Um, it, like I, I really got to see a lot more out of Tom Welling this episode and had a great time. Yeah. And I don't know. There was a there was a part of me that was just like, <clears throat> I don't want you to be a bad guy at all. You're my Superman. Nah, nah. He's he's doing well with this role. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's doing well. But you know, I, the I know, tandem I know. is such a, a there's uh, a part of your heart though that's just like, no, just be innocent. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's the. Um, that's the part of me that's wrong with society that makes people typecast actors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a part you're proud of, but you, you know you got to understand. No. The, you got to understand your own humanity. Yeah. Now, how much did you did you appreciate it as much as I did? Is really, I guess, how I should phrase that. He stabs Kane in the heart. He falls to the ground, <laughs> and then there's just this moment where he has to keep looking back over his shoulder, like, "Oh God, I hope I got that right." <laughs> <laughs> and you see it on his face, like concern, like. I am right, right? <laughs> yeah, it was good. I really loved it. It was a lot of fun. That, like that could have gone on for another probably fifteen seconds, and I, I would have, I would have actually laughed harder and harder as the scene went on. <laughs> oh man! And then Kane finally gets up. You know, you should. You know, I think he says something like, "You should probably pour me one too." Obviously, if I, like that's the kind of thing where, like, when the episode ended, I'm like, "No, this is where the episode should start." I want to hear every part of this conversation. Yeah. When you come back from break, I just want to pick up there. Where you zoomed out, just zoom right back in. 
I don't think they will. No, they'll they'll have had that conversation, but at least the stuff they seem to have planned sounds good. Yeah, it'll come back and like we'll have little glances between Cain and Lucifer, and then Lucifer will be like pull him aside, and like of course you remember the deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You oh, know. that was another thing Ellis mentioned. Is he he's gonna Ugh. he's gonna basically kind of try like threaten to out him to the you know civilians of the show and. Yeah, he pretty much tells him, "Good luck. You can't get them to believe you're the devil. How are you going to get them to believe I'm immortal?" Yeah, uh, which which is funny. It's going to be funny, but it's also a little silly because, like, why don't you just walk in there and shoot him in the head in the middle of the precinct? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do the trick. He can't fake getting up in five minutes, right? Uh, All right. Uh, sad that Matt uh, Keen wasn't in more of the season so far. Uh, I did enjoy her little. Uh, Whatever it was, her little bounty hunter episode. Yeah, that was good. She's been pleasant when we've gotten to see her, just like she kind of has been for the course of the show. Yeah. Um, I'm a little sad that she's so jealous of uh, Amina Deal and the Doctor. Mm, I don't really have an opinion but on I guess that. But I guess we need something to humanize her. Uh, it, I mean, yeah. Last time it was like she didn't know how to make friends, and now it's, you know, maybe she does have feelings for Amin and all that. It's fine. I don't really have strong feelings one way or the other about that storyline. Really? Yeah. They're not pushing it down my throat. It's not the. It's not a, a giant, let's spend 10 minutes out of 44 worrying about this romantic storyline thing. It's just like a few stolen glances and a couple of lines in the background. And that's yeah. And, yeah, it hasn't been overwhelming or anything. Yeah. But uh, I, Normally when it starts to get overwhelmingly romantic, I'm like, that's not, I'm watching a show about the devil. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of speaking of the romance aspect of the show, do we know what the hell is going on with Chloe and Lucifer at all? Like, no, no, that's still been backburnered since they returned. Um, they're back to I being friends. She just seems. I mean, she's drunk. She's trying to break into his safe. She's mad at him. Yeah, they just seem to be nah. some unresolved feelings that they're not willing to get on yet. That probably is when I'll get annoyed because it's going to be very much like a like the same way with Elicity. If they weren't together, that's fine. And if they are together, that's fine. I'm not going to go change a Reddit page one way or the other. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it. And if you're not going to do it, let's stop talking about it. That's it. All right. We are at that point with the we're in season three and a half of Lucifer. Do it or don't. I don't care. Pick one. Yeah, please. Um, I I have to, I have to admit I did like the bit where he was like. Or like Amina Deal is kind of making fun of him because he's uh, started to enjoy hanging out with uh, Chloe and the kid more than actually being, uh, well, himself yeah. and being at the club and everything. Yeah, kind of tell him, like, it's okay to have a quiet night, man, so it's fine. Yeah. Also, Trixie, a lot of fun this episode. Yeah. Like, they're I mean, letting her grow up a little bit. She usually is. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're growing her within the show a little bit. Like, she's, she's not just, you know, some cutesy kid that likes pie and or cake or whatever it was. I mean, it's chocolate cake. And doesn't quite understand you know everything that's happening and a bit oblivious to romantic stuff and just likes lucifer because he's kind of funny and says weird things and she's getting a little rebellious mm-hmm. a little uh i don't know a little schemish i like it <laughs> like even when dan pulls her out of that room is like best wingman ever like she's getting a chocolate cake yeah <laughs> she just single-handedly uh organized and manipulated the situation so that you have a date uh huh. I think she's into a piece of cake. Yeah. And is it weird that I like Charlotte Richards right now more than I've, I ever liked the mom character? Um, not at all. I'm I'm actually willing to agree with you on that because like 
And they've stopped, like, they've moved past the whole thing about that's her face and all that. Like, the, the team seems to have uh-huh. all moved on in a way where they're not worried about how she was acting vastly different several months ago. Yeah. And instead, they're kind of giving us a, a glimpse of someone who's like, what happens if you're, like, a powerful person who suddenly has their life hijacked and wakes up and, like, everything you've touched has been drastically affected one way or the other? So now she she comes back. She has these feelings for a guy that she doesn't understand who has feelings for her, and she doesn't know why. And then, like, she's got this whole thing going on with Lucifer, and she's suddenly got this initiative about trying to be a good person and, you know, correcting her ledger for the afterlife. And, like, that's fun. Well, you know, I think she's uh, – maybe she only talked to Ella about that, but, you know, the fact that she went to hell. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't know. That'll change somebody. It will. Um but just like that's a neat journey to watch. Uh, whereas like the the stuff about mom got a little tedious halfway through, and it did finally pick up. And the I think the finale was totally worth it. But mm-hmm. it did get a little sluggish here and there. Whereas this is like yeah. a, a whole different journey for that actress who is good. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. like even this episode where she enjoys hanging out with Trixie and she kind of immediately calls and you know is trying to figure out how to get back to being able to see her kids. Like that's really human and really a sweet moment. You know. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to briefly talk about um, the best episode of Lucifer ever, off the record, uh, with Linda's ex-husband? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I forgot the name of the episode. So for a second, I was like, "Are we going to just stop recording?" Because like we just do that after, if you want to. Like you just call me. Yeah. We could talk. Yeah. You know, I I on Facebook I wrote off the record is like the best. Uh, Lucifer episode and uh, Matt Carroll of the MCU cast was like, I just thought you were trying to like distance yourself from your own point that you enjoy Lucifer. <laughs> like, this is off the record, <laughs> off the record, except in a public post. <laughs> but no, that was a fantastic episode. That was great. And it's, it's Linda's ex-husband going back and trying to like trying to figure out who, who exactly Lucifer is and his connections with Linda because he, he finds, he finds his he wakes up from a coma. He finds Linda is cheating on him. And it turns out that he and Linda have, have been separated for two years. She He won't sign the divorce papers. He's a reporter. He's he's running around with the cops. They're trying to solve this murder. And uh, he enlists the help of the serial killer that they're, you know, trying to track. And uh, played to perfection by John Billingsley, as always. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I see that guy, he does a really fantastic job. Dr. Flox from Star Trek Enterprise and several other things over the years. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it undergoes some shady dealings of his own and uh, realizes that Linda knows that Lucifer's the devil and she doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, he brings her... It's just, it's the whole thing. <laughs> he it's, brings in to, like, he shoots him in the office to confront him and obviously all he does is ruin his suit. There's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good episode. And, and then, it, my favorite part, though, man, I know what my real favorite part was, but... My favorite mm-hmm. scene was more like when he comes back to Linda after all they've gone through and is like, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. And then explains that it's all his fault. And then it's, I don't know, it was such a good kind of representation of that kind of person. Not even that kind of person. Mm-hmm. We all, like, all of us have fallen into that kind of trap, I think, here and there. But like the kind of thing where like you just want back in that place so hard that everything you do is angled toward it and what you essentially what everything you do ends up looking like addict behavior because no matter how much it looks like you're doing something for the perp- for intrinsic purposes it's really just to get back to that thing mhm and like it was it was nice for a competent therapist to just immediately dress him down for exactly that 
Mm-hmm. Thought it was kind of a good resolution to his character and sets up my real favorite scene, which is probably what you would call it too. I'm just going to ask what's your favorite thing that happened in the episode, and it's probably what I'm thinking. Um, the well, the fact that he spends over a year inside of this episode and winds up dying, getting poisoned, being outed as the real villain here, mm-hmm. um, and freaking dies and wakes up in the hospital room again, like he's in a he's in a hell loop. Yep. And that's pretty fantastic. And uh, beyond that, it's Lucifer's explanation to him about there's not really a gatekeeper. You could leave any time, but no one ever does. Yeah, because their guilt keeps them there. That was one of the coolest revelations of the Celestial stuff so far on the show for me. Yeah, and the episode itself was like, it was a freaking Twilight Zone episode, man. It was, ah, it was fantastic. It was so good. It was like, they put all of their effort of three seasons into that episode. (laughs) And they mustered that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and I actually wondered, like looking back, because it can't, it has a bottleish aspect to it. I kind of wondered, and then they're not dealing. I mean, Linda's not super in mourning about her husband. I guess they could have. I don't know where that fits no. in exactly in the timeline, but um, yeah, it just seems like that. Is that one of the maybe the four episodes that was a, a contained episode that they could just throw in? I think so. I mean, I don't. We're gonna end up guessing. They're not gonna say, "Hey, this is one of the ones," and throw it on the air. So right now I'm guessing that's one of them, but it was a good one. The the way it's shot, it looks like all of the Amina deal and Linda and Mazikeen stuff, Mazikeen dealing with that, mm-hmm. has sort of been probably like shot um, on the side and inserted into episodes where they needed it. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. It could be done that way. Just we're just to keep some sort of we're gonna at least some measure of continuity. Yeah, we we can at least nominate this episode for probably one of those episodes. Yeah. Which, if 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 that's true, and this was one of the bottle episodes that I was dreading, touche. Mm-hmm. Touche. Fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. Wish more the more of them should be like that. I think, mm-hmm. but I think I, I I don't have much more. I'm mildly interested to see what happens with Kane. That's about all I can hope for on this show is being mildly interested as to what comes next. Yeah, I am. I am pretty interested in what comes next. But the thing is, like, this is the kind of show that I enjoy more when I can binge. So it, some part of me misses doing weekly reviews, but it really opens up a lot of doors for me and my personal enjoyment. Uh-huh. Like when you're watching this every week, it feels so slow. But if you can backlog three or four of them and go back and just chew through them, there's at least a couple spots in there that that have like part of the big story, the meaty story that we're really interested in. It's just more enjoyable for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. There's ups and downs to everything, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, you know, on a weekly basis, it feels like something I could throw on while I'm in, sitting in a Taco Bell line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have, you, yeah. Your, your time crunches, for the most part, leave you watching shows at stoplights. <laughs> and listening to the show otherwise. Yeah. But, you know, all these stuff like Lucifer generally. Yeah. Not Punisher. That's a, that's a way till you get home show, huh? Yeah. Fair enough. Iron Fist wasn't. Anyway, I think that's, that's going to do it for this episode. Fair uh, uh, we are... Hmm? It looks like New Year's Day is when it returns. Hmm. On the, uh, New Year's Day. Yeah, the description actually says, in a flashback episode that takes place when Lucifer first came to L.A. Et cetera, hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, All right. We'll see. All right. So I guess that's one of the bottles. Well, uh... Probably one of the bottle episodes again, I guess. Probably. All right, so we're DC on Screen. We, you can find us uh, at dconscreen.com. You can find us on Twitter, DC on Screen, Facebook, Instagram. 
Uh, just look for DC on screen. And I'll tell you, it's pretty simple across the board. Mm-hmm. We're also partnered with TV Time, the TV calendar app. It is amazing. I use this thing all the time. If you come over and follow me, David C. Robertson, uh, you will see how active I am. I am very active mm-hmm. and have apparently taken to making Brooklyn Nine-Nine memes, which one of which I just got over 200 likes for. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird. Uh, but, uh, yeah, come follow me. You're, I'm easy to find. David C. Robertson. You'll see that I have the 66 Batman background on my on my little show art, on my uh, profile art. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Come challenge me to a quiz, friends. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> we'll be back with, uh, with a news episode in a few days. Until then, guys, we love you, and keep some DC on your screen. Bye! Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David Z. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band Future Elevators can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Eli Ophelders of Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud and can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We're a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. You know what drives you, what inspires you. You know why you're here today, thinking about your education and your career. But do you know how to get where you're going? Indiana Wesleyan University is a place where your dreams and goals are known, where you're pushed to excel, and you're supported beyond graduation day. Explore our tuition guarantee, our faith-integrated coursework, and more than 100 online degree programs. See how it's possible at iwuishow.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law.